like a welcome to loves it like this is the podcast where we talk about what we're loving what and we're watching. <laughs> we can do that, that um <laughs> hi everyone hello um this is what we're gonna call a brand new podcast with two of the same hosts from a previous podcast it's an evolution i think it's a, a natural step a natural evolution from one form to another. It's exactly that. I think I want to address something just very quickly. Um, I'm fully aware of our Survivor podcast and the 20 episodes or so that we did. And I know we didn't have 4,000 listeners, but <laughs> we had listeners and I abandoned them completely. <laughs> Um, the winter was a very hard time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was, we're talking about our previous survivor podcast, Tally the Votes. And we did about 20 seasons of survivor. There's another recorded episode (laughs) for, uh, heroes versus villains. But, you know, I just, for me personally, and I know we can like roll footage of me saying, we're going to watch every season. It just became a lot for me. <laughs> it felt like you you wanted to be something that you enjoy. And when you stop sort of enjoying and you feel like you have to do homework, yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it became homework. And not I love, obviously, talking to you, one of my dear friends. And this is what we missed, kind of. So, yeah, just addressing that at the forefront. And then now we're here. This is... Loves It, a new podcast where we're just kind of, I realized this on Tally the Votes where we mostly talked about every other show for about 65% of an episode. We would spend the first 15 minutes, I think, covering Housewives of one city, and then we would bounce over to another city of Housewives, and then we would circle back to a movie. So I feel like this is a, a good way of doing the same thing, but without being stuck to a Survivor theme. Exactly. You took the words out of my mouth that I've been practicing in my car for four days. (laughs) You are much more eloquent, eloquent than I am. But yes, we I'm sure we will talk about Survivor at some point. There are some seasons of Survivor that I think I want you to watch because I think that you would greatly enjoy them. I want to watch them, too. I think also it had to do with the weather. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Winter sucks. Yeah. Winter sucks. Although you and I have talked about this for our entire friendship. I am a winter person. You're a summer person. But this winter inside really changed me as a whole. I think you're not alone in that. I think that there's been a winter awakening this year. And yeah. People who traditionally have referred to themselves as winter people. I think they're finally seeing the light. I saw the light and it's literally, I just looked into the sun and I said, <laughs> where are you? Yeah, where and- is it? Like the things I love about winter are doing things indoors that are not my house, like going to the movies or going to a restaurant or going clubbing or to a bar or whatever. And obviously none of that happened. So yeah, it was very hard. And I just, this is becoming a therapy session for me. So I just wanted to address that, but yes, we're going to be doing this now. We're both very excited. And really, I just wanted to talk with one of my best friends for two hours about stupid shit. Yes. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I do have to apologize to our UK fan of Tally the Votes who DM'd me on Instagram this week. I'd never spoken to them before and they they reached out saying, 
are you going to be doing any more episodes? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and you said, you said to no with a heart and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's very appreciative that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Honestly, people even listened <laughs> and uh, there's no grand delusion as to the amount of them, but they were there, but yes, we are here and we're doing this. So yeah. Josh, how are you? I'm g- No, I'm tired. <laughs> Okay. I'm starting things off on an honest note. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, Daylight savings has just happened, not to potentially date the recording of this episode, but I'm adjusting to losing an hour of my weekend. And I think, yeah, you and I were were talking earlier about how this is going to be, for the next week, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be an uphill battle until I'm finally clicking with the time change. Yeah, it doesn't affect me. Actually, it affects me immediately <laughs> yeah um but it's not in, like I said to you it's not until about five days from now where I'll be adjusted mm-hmm. and I kind of loved what you said where people are like yes but at an extra hour of light and I'm like mama no. no it's an extra hour of hell yeah like can we just be realistic here I think every year everybody's always looking forward to springing forward and I'm the one rogue person standing there going you guys I'm not happy I don't want this But apart from all that, I'm doing well. It's been a very like kind of relaxed weekend for me. Nothing really major is happening and that's okay. I do, nothing major happened except um, Josh and I and about 45 other people are in a drag race group chat um, and it provides anxiety anxiety for me every week. And um Josh every Friday will send a very uplifting funny message to the group pretending we're on drag race all that kind of stuff so this week he messaged a group chat and said you know what guys I'm done I can't do this anymore how am I going to top myself and as a bottom it's even harder (laughs) so Josh sent a cameo from the one and only only Mrs. Kasha Davis yes (laughs) it was like coming up with a creative Friday message is just such hard work. Like well, you've I, done it. You've done it to yourself. <laughs> I've Photoshopped everybody in the group chats faces on like drag race queens bodies before I've pretended like I was RuPaul in judging cr- critiques. I've really tried to check off all the boxes I can. And finally I was like, okay, you know what we have to do? We have to go to cameo and you know it. Mrs. Kasha Davis is a, She's a Josh gets it fave. She a really legend. Is. She's a legend. Yeah. She uh, will always hold a high spot in my heart when it comes to drag race queens. And when I saw her on Cameo, I was like, yes, I'm going to get a pep talk for Mrs. Kasha Davis for my friends. It was the sweetest thing. It was <laughs> also two and a half minutes long. Yeah. And she said, I'm using every second of this. Yeah. She really worked the room. It was so sweet. I you know my recent cameo horror story that Mm. it was my mom's birthday a few Mm. weeks ago and for like the past few months she's every time she talks to me she's like Jordan just like who's on cameo you know is there anyone I liked and of all her housewives her favorite housewives or people she loves are not on there i.e Kyle Richards um but we'll get into that in a later episode where her viewing uh, of Housewives is very different than mine. Um, anyway, so I went on full seven days before her birthday, messaged Miss Sonia, Sonia Tree Mont Morgan, and I Sonia said, Sonia Rita, and I said, Sonia, can you do a cameo? So I filled out the whole request. 
two days pass, three days pass, four days pass, five days pass. And I say, you know what? She's busy. Mm-hmm. She's she's doing a nip and a tuck. Yeah. She's somewhere. And then my mom's birthday fully comes <laughs> and the request expired. And I lost my mind a little bit. And so I had to get it from a different housewife. And a few days later, I get an email. Sonia has messaged you on Cameo. And I said, oh my God, what could this be? <laughs> and it's now a week and a half after the request is put through. Far, and full, yeah, it's far, far gone. gone. And it's fully expired. And she re- just messaged me and said, would love to. <laughs> Not anymore. And that for me is more than the Cameo <laughs> itself. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you got the most like authentic Sonia experience, I think from that. Like, the would love to message I genuine genuinely believe was from her for sure oh 100 no, not an intern no it wasn't a, it, it was not it was her just in the middle of the night saying yeah hey I, this is expired but let's do it again anyway so yes loves it this is a podcast where we're mostly just going to talk about obviously stuff we love mm-hmm. and but really like media based. So like TV, what we're rewatching, what we're watching for the first time, movies, YouTube videos, yeah. vines, TikToks, not vines, vines, <laughs> vines. just stuff we watch. Cause basically this is what Josh and I, and many of our friends do all week is just messaging each other. And I know this is not an anomaly of sorts, but like, just like, what we're are you watching? People we're the about. only people watching TV. Yeah. And I, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh. I was going to say, obviously, if anyone's listening right now who has recommendations for us to watch, we would love to hear them. Yeah, because I can only scroll through every single platform so many times, Yeah, you know? Um, Let's start with you. Let's start with me. Where should we begin here? I, yeah, I was thinking like, so... Guys, this is the first episode. Everybody go with us. We can go through like genres or we can kind of just like do what we know we both watch together, which obviously would be Housewives and Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, And then. I think probably the best idea. I think if we, let's let's touch base. Let's touch base on Drag Race because that's something that clearly we've been watching a lot of recently. Mm -hmm. We have UK2 airing alongside season 13 in America. Yes. What are your thoughts? We are almost at the finale of UK. We still have approximately 14 episodes remaining. <laughs> season 13. Where where are you standing currently with the seasons? The seasons as a together, honestly, I'm not like we both are not like a complainy type of drag race fan. I think we both, and I think this goes for a majority of the people who are not part of that very, very toxic drag race fan base. Yes. But like, I, I get it. I understand it. I'm very fine with it being on for three months now, like either one, like what else are we doing? And from a production standpoint, they milked it, of course, because like, who knows when you're going to film the next season? Who knows if you can do an in-person finale? Who knows? Who knows anything? So from that standpoint, I'm living, I'm loving, and I'm living and all that kind of stuff. From UK, amazing season. Yeah, I think it's a cast that is unmatched, especially a final five or six that I think is really, as a whole, very strong. 
my main takeaway from the last episode is that the only song for four days I've listened to is Steps last thing on my mind really yeah <laughs> it was completely different for me not completely different but I watched the lip sync and then one minute later I immediately forgot the song no I was watching it and I was like because like I love ABBA like it's very that and I know of steps but I've never listened to steps and I'm like a five-person band three I think three of them or women, two or men, whatever. And I was listening to the song and I was like, in here, something is my kind of music. Yeah. Like, this is very me, like a very schmaltzy, cheesy, fun mm-hmm. pop song. And I've been obsessed. Um, I think Ellie Diamond should have gone. I'm going to say it. I think, well, I agree with you. I also think that... I mean, I'm going to be real. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. Say it. I didn't really enjoy the last episode. Okay. For a multitude of reasons. The first, it maybe it was a little bit too UK for me in terms of like the comedy. I'm like, listen, this is a good acting challenge, but I'm not really having a great time watching it. Yeah. And then the runway, I was like, this is a little bit, I, I don't really, I personally don't really know pantomimes that much. So I can't say like, yes, this is it, you know? Like I opened Instagram the day the episode aired, but I hadn't seen it yet. And I saw that Bimini had posted like one of her, like, this is my like looks of the week. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is so cute. This is like an old photo of them when they first started drag. And then I read the caption and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're in for. And then lastly, I think that the show has become too liberal in how they are using the double save feature. I mean, for two to happen within a, a about a week apart. Yeah. And I'm I'm like on paper, I'm fine with either. I really don't care. It's not up to me to decide, obviously, when a double save works. Also, when Rue quote unquote decides or production decides is a very different thing. Exactly. I mean, I love Candy. I'm I was great with Candy staying. Candy is the show. Candy is giving me the show. Like I love that. But like you said, it's a time and a place as to when it happens. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Candy lip sync with uh, who are they lip syncing against? Simone. Yeah, was great, obviously. And obviously Fifth having Fifth Harmony's boss. Me and Josh have won so far on the US season because Josh got a Fifth Harmony lip sync yeah. and I got a Kelly Clarkson lip sync, which I I just never expect to ever get served in that kind of way. And it was like an album cut too yeah. from the most recent album. And I was like, okay, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, quickly, I know your thoughts, but for this, what are your thoughts on the US episode? Oh my gosh. I had a great time watching for, co- for context. The episode that we're talking about is um, the top eight had to do makeovers on each other for yeah. the challenge. And I had a ball watching from start to end. I thought it was such a fun vibe of like Queens just kind of interacting with Queens and getting their story. And I loved just like getting to see them. It, it helped me see certain competitors with like more of a, a different light to them, which I really enjoyed. And also I thought that uh, it just felt a lot less or a lot more light than other episodes. So I had a great time watching. It was very light. I think, 
the makeover episode like this is never usually my favorite episode. It's just, uh, it's a lot of storylines going on at once and it can be either very endearing or sometimes just a little like, okay. Yeah. I thought here, while it was a bit, like, arguably it could have been a lazy challenge, but we're working within COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Like the, it became a bit clunky at the end because like, how are we judging this, right? Are we judging the yeah. person who, the person in the other person's drag who failed or the person who failed to put the other person in their drag mm-hmm. who failed, right? So I think there is where it lost me. But in terms of workroom scenes and <laughs> the practicing the runway and the runway itself, I laughed and I had fun. Yeah, and I think that, like something we also talked about is how yes product production maybe should have scheduled the double save to be for this episode because it is kind of weird to send a queen home when they're completely wearing something that like is not who they are if that makes sense like it's not really like the best representation of yeah what they normally bring to the runway but i i mean ultimately people have to go home I mean, we've lived in this this season now for what's felt like three years, and I, it's both a very long season, but I will also say that I feel at home with these queens. Like, I know them, right? Which, do I need another three-episode premiere? Maybe not, but I think if we can expand it in that sense again, where, like, everybody has gotten a chance to flourish, especially now where they can't really do the bar tours or, like, club tours like they would have. Yeah. Because... Like Gigi Good was on Trixie and Katya's podcast, mm-hmm. um, which I know you listen to as well. And they were kind of discussing how you have like that year within your drag race bubble to kind of make it and make your money. And then the next season comes along and you're now competing with a new batch of queens yeah. who are fresher and the audience is more captive in that sense. And I feel for like all the se- all the queens who have aired in the seasons within the pandemic because you can't make that coin. Mm-hmm. But if you get to know them a bit longer, like it's nicer. Like I feel really at home with Simone, Utica, like all of them. I'm like, like, it's nice. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that like, there is a certain toxic in the community this year, especially with the drag race fandom. And as you were talking about earlier, like, I know I get that the season is very long right now. I think that obviously there's some learning lessons for production for maybe next time. But if I have to see like one more tweet of somebody complaining how, we're only at like the top eight or the top seven. It's very much that Azealia Banks. So what now? Like, okay. Yeah. It's long. Like, what, what do you want me to do about it? Like, what do you want? Like, me I to don't, do about it? like, I don't care. There's nothing we can no. do. And also like, what else are we doing? I'll watch it. Great. Of course. There's, yeah. it's always, it's, there's always those tweets about it. And I don't get it. Cause it's like, as people who watch every edition of housewives, mm-hmm. it's on 45 times a week. So like, who gives a fuck mm-hmm. anyway? Um, that was our rant against the drag race fandom. I hope that you all enjoyed that. Thank you. I speaking of toxic in the community, onto onto house onto housewives. <laughs> yes. Where are you? What are you watching? I know, but for you everybody know else. what I'm watching, but I will freely admit that I'm finally like getting aboard the New Jersey train. It's been, I have, I, you know, I've watched the first two seasons of New Jersey and I did really yeah. like it. I thought that it was just so entertaining and the Teresa versus Daniel Staub of it all. I'm going to go on record and say that I'm not a Caroline Manzo fan or a Jacqueline fan. Uh, and even Dina, I was like, whatever. So those early seasons weren't really for me. And also 
something that's very important of how I approach housewives is I do not want to see your family. I don't care. I don't want no. to see your kids. No. I don't really care about your husband either. No. So New Jersey comes along and they really present the family aspect in probably the most prominent way of any franchise spinoff that I've seen in Housewives. But something about this current group of women really clicked for me. I watched the premiere of season 11. I really liked it to the point that I was like, you know what? I like the vibe. I want to go back to season nine and just start watching from there. So I watched all of season nine and I'm just starting season 10 now and obviously still worth watching season 11. So it's a very strange jumping back and forth um, approach, but I'm loving it. Yeah, I think one, I'm happy you're aboard because I know it's been years where everybody around you was kind of talking about Jersey and you're like, LOL, I don't know. Um, But it's having a great run these three seasons. And I've been watching since the beginning, literally since the beginning, I I think it was the first one I watched of all of them mm-hmm. because it was the, to me, the, obviously the table flip was so ingrained in pop culture that oh, I was like, yeah. what, what is this? And it was my entryway. And then it brought me to New York and then everywhere else, obviously. Um, I agree with you. That's why we like, we love New York so much because there's really no men and really no children <laughs> for the most part. Like yeah. I've, you've never really seen Sonia's daughter. <laughs> which is amazing. I don't want to watch kids. No. So I get that. But Jersey, because it started off being this, like, like each series kind of iterated what was happening in TV at the time. So like, like New York was like, obviously Manhattan moms at the beginning, kind of sex in the city ish. And then Jersey's is not soprano, but very (laughs) like, it's, it's a family drama. That's how it started. Right. And they were, half of them are all related. And then, it became very, very dark in seasons four and five. Anyway, I agree with you. This cast now is amazing. I am tired of this storyline that's already been going on for three episodes, four episodes yeah. or whatever. It's exhausting. Yeah, I'm ready to move on to the next plot point. Uh, but I will, again, I'm going to go on record here. I'm a Jackie Goldschneider stan. So and am I. Stand to that point. But I'm tired. I, she really she like really tired me down this last episode we don't need another birthday party for your husband just because the rumor ruins the last one like you're making the issue even bigger than it is like i think he's fine i think he's fine in a lot of ways if you get what i'm saying absolutely you know it's like a hammer that's Uh, all i'm gonna say uh, (laughs) but i think he's fine i think they're all fine i think they're doing it for the show a little bit like I love Teresa. She's obviously dumb as a brick. Sorry, I don't love Teresa. I love Teresa as like a person on the show, like what she what she does for it, obviously, because if she didn't do that in the premiere, Mm -hmm. what would we have? Yeah, there'd be really not much. There'd be not much. And then I get Jackie's kind of reaction towards it. It's been quite grating. And then I don't like and you agree when a housewife misses a trip. I understand Mm -hmm the reality of that of not putting yourself in that situation because it's very very real but in terms of a job and a production i don't need margaret's creative director there instead of you yeah like she's not really doing what is she doing i don't she's know. much of nothing yeah also like as much as Teresa says she would have cut her with her tongue or tore her down with her words or whatever mm-hmm. 
I kind of like how Jackie can like quick-wittedly kind of run around Teresa very, very fast. And oh, Teresa yeah. is like dizzy with stars after a little bit. As she said in the season one reunion, which was a great look for Jackie. I just finished it now. You will not win a war of words with me. And it's true. Like Teresa, she cannot. She, she literally, cannot bring, no. She doesn't know what words mean. No. It's just about her and her four daughters. Her daughters? Her daughters. I'm still working on a good Margaret impression, but I'm not ready to premiere it yet. <laughs> but there is something. There's something there. I don't know how to get to it. Okay. Like it starts with that. And then okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to workshop it, but know that that is something that will probably come up when I'm drunk at some point. Oh, I can't wait. Endemic world. Um, I'm loving Jen this season and she's really become not the voice of reason, but like a little bit of a devil and an angel on both shoulders. And I like that. Yeah, I have loved Jennifer ever since. Well, again, I'm watching in a weird way, but I love Jennifer in any iteration in season nine. I was obsessed with her being whatever she was being in season nine. Like she really, I mean, I see tweets a lot saying that she and Jackie kind of helped save the franchise in a lot of ways. A hundred percent. Fully see how. Like I still think about the quote, monkey's asshole. Yeah, that you fucking sucked. I hit my microphone there. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I agree because as much as I love, genuinely love Zia Melissa mm-hmm. and Zia, Zia Dolores, they bring absolutely nothing to the franchise. Yeah. And I mean, Zia Melissa has had her fake storylines for three years and I wish she would acknowledge it too. Because really, Jen called her the fuck out, She's which was amazing. Her third sister. <laughs> I was like, this is bullshit. Like, we, I, I do not want to watch this, miss, but I do I, like both of them. Yeah, I love Dolores too. Like, uh, her political, whatever aside, I think on the show, she does, I, I think personally, she does a good job of like both kissing Teresa's ass and also like calling Teresa out when she has to. Mm-hmm. This girl's got you spinning in circles, Tree. That was, that was really bad, but it's okay. <laughs> um, what else is there? I Are you watching Atlanta this season? I don't think so. No, I watched the one episode that all of us watched, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Kenya wanting to know whose pussy got murdered in the... <laughs> I had to find out. So I watched that one and I had a good time. But I haven't yeah. really been keeping up with Atlanta. I've only really seen a couple of earlier seasons of that. And because there's just so many, I'm like waiting for the day where I can actually hunker down and start watching from beginning what are your thoughts yeah. on the current season airing are you because you're watching it i'm watching and i've watched almost every season yeah. i think it's very fine there's not a lot going on i'm finding this across the franchise i'm enjoying every season of course and i think jersey and we'll get to this in a second dallas is having a really good season but they don't have much to do like there's no there's no like like you're seeing where this is going to go because literally they're stuck within their parameters. Not like a trip is saving the show, but you know, like there's other stuff to do if they had book signings or like bigger parties, like I don't need like Jackie having this weird drinks thing. That's in the back of like a weirdly grassed, very sunny area. It's better than the parking lot party from episode one. Where where were they? Just like a a tent in the middle of like, (laughs) a power center. I had no idea what I was looking at. If I was not Evan, like anybody, like why are there just tents in the, like literally in the middle of like a wild wings? Like, I don't know. What's the theme? What's the motif? Like, what are we going for? 
she's not great with parties, but that's like a, an across the board thing with her. For Elena, I think it's fine. Um, though the episodes recently have picked up a lot and they've been a lot of fun. And the mid-season trailer is very promising as to yeah. like what's coming. Um, I'm really liking Drew as an addition. I think she's been fun, but I think there needs to be a cast reshuffle. It's uh, kind of like I don't know. Every franchise gets to this point. There's too many that have been on for a very long time, and they get like comfortable. they do. And like Ramona Singer, I love and hate, but like Ramona, Ramona's Ramona. Like you're gonna get good, good or bad TV that's entertaining across the board, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, and Dallas, Dallas. Okay, admittedly, I have yet to watch the last two episodes. Wow, wow, that really is. And I will say that. I have been greatly enjoying Dallas this season so far. I think it's so fun for a COVID season, especially. I think that it's just really kept me entertained. Yeah. But I know from like what I've been reading and certain articles about like the racism that Tiffany has had to endure against with this cast. I think I just really need to get myself mentally prepared to kind of take on that darkness because I really have been having a good time with this season so far. I am too. I think Tiffany is an incredible housewife and I've never really seen, I'm sure there's other examples, but a housewife come into her first season and basically become the entire star of every episode Mm -hmm. where like her family life, her personal life and her show life are it's every scene. It's every section of an episode. It's Tiffany. Yeah. And I think she has great confessionals she's stylish she's funny she's fun she's having a very tough first season which is not her fault but we're seeing this across the board in franchises garcelle had a tough first season like these all white casts that bring in someone who's not white into the fringe is not getting a fair shake and i think brandy redmond needs to be off my tv screen i think that she will be off your tv screen immediately i think that it's happening i think i think the day has come where she is finally departing the franchise um but you know what i'm tired here's the situation it's a situation <laughs> i am coming out of the closet as a carrie brittingham fan all right well this is the end of the podcast today i think <laughs> i think that her love what she brings oh my gosh it's just so wildly fun for me to watch anything she does i'm like wow this is it's a situation in so many ways. And again, I haven't seen the last two episodes, so I don't know how ugly it's gotten since, but. She's been fine. She like had Tiffany over to like, oh, I can't, I'm not spoiling this for you, but like stuff happened on the trip and whatever. And Tiffany just was like, I gotta go. I'm out. And that's great. She took herself out of the situation. Carrie, I have a love-hate relationship with where I don't need your birthday celebrated for what I think has been five episodes now. But I think she's having a better season now than she's had before in terms of like, she's starting everything. So in terms of like stirring the pot, I think I'm having fun with her. Doing her job. Yes. I don't like her, but I get it. Dallas is the one where I hate most of the cast. I said this to you recently. We're like, Cam, no, I love Stephanie. Cam, uh, Carrie, Deandra, Brandy. Deandra, I've come around to this season. I think she's so clumsy and just weird. She's like one of the only allies that Tiffany kind of Has, has in her corner. Yeah, where, yeah, and then, yeah, anyway, so it's been 
a tough season. I do hope she comes back. I hope she's given a fair shake because this is what Dallas needs to survive. And if they don't do that, it's done and whatever. Hmm. Speaking of other shows on Bravo, you don't watch this one. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. You were going to say Summer House. We're going to Summer House. Tell me about Summer House because that is a show that I've been meaning to get into. I hear only great things. I know some names. You know some names. You're in the loop, kind of. Our dear friend Tom, who's probably listening, loves it just as much as me. So does Adam, our other friend. It's very, like, it's what Vanderpump Rules was in its heyday, but not better in terms of, like, drama. Because, like, VPR was so, like, almost reminiscent of, like, early's reality TV. And that reminds me of something else I have to talk about today. Mm. Um, But it... VPR was like, just like, like crazy. Like these people weren't really at the cusp of like branding yet, but then they were just getting there. So it was like that weird middle of celebrity. Summer House is very like neutered and like everybody's very likable. Even when they're bad, they're still likable where Vanderpump is like, everyone's a monster, which (laughs) both worked in its favor and then turned on it. Mm -hmm. Summer House is just like all those girls and those guys that like you went to school with who just go to a cottage and- they're like very fratty and they just drink and yell and have fun and are cute and sexy. And it's just like a brush breath of fresh, you know, it's a breath of fresh. Um, I will say on record, I think it's having its iconic season, like a uh, New York season seven or like Ooh. one of those, like, it's just having that season that like, if you haven't watched it and you really don't want to watch the other ones, I would watch this season. Cause it's like, you don't really need a lot of the information and it's really good at going back and forth of giving you character updates and what it's doing so well and COVID is working to it is its advantage here is that in a big brother way they are stuck in a house and it's in the Hamptons right it's in the Hamptons but it's at a new house that it didn't they hadn't been to for the last few seasons it's a different house and they're stuck there. Like there's no parties, they're going to beaches and whatever, but they're in the house and you're seeing tensions rise because like, I love you. But if you and I were in a house together for six weeks, you'd there'd probably be, kill me there'd be for tension. sure. Yeah. yeah. But like you, that's what you do from a production standpoint, right? Like they are locked in there and it's just getting tense and I'm living and I'm loving. And to see myself represented via Lindsay oh. Hubbard on TV is quite jarring. Okay. Okay. And how so? What What is it about Lindsay? <laughs> she just like is in the best way, just like so herself and just like expects a lot. And it's yeah. not always something I agree with, but she's like fully yelled at her boyfriend, basically being like, how many sandwiches have you made me? <laughs> and watching that beside mine, Sasha boyfriend Sashin was like, <laughs> like shaking, being like, oh, I've seen this before. Feeling seen. <laughs> anyway, that's my brief. Summer half agenda until you get there. Okay, and I will get there. It is on the agenda. Um, I think you would like it. Yeah, I think it it is kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of like a Jersey Shore-ish real world setup of a group of people who are familiar with each other having to live in one. Yeah, but in a housewife's kind of way, like modern housewives where they're all very aware of like branding and opportunities, not that it's like integrated into the yeah. show. Like there's no Sonia and uh, Dorinda leaving uh, that Anne Hathaway movie. <laughs> no. We don't talk about that. We or that, talk about that. That weird Tinsley scene where she like was 
promoting like Nivea moisturizer kind of. <laughs> do you remember that? I think I do. Was it in the most recent season or was it the one before? It was the one before yeah. where she's just in the apartment and they cut to like the bottle of Nivea on the counter or whatever it was. And then they cut to her like lathering her like arms. It. And I'm like, okay, guys, I got it. Yeah. Um, we'll be purchasing. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's what we're both watching together. Well, do we want to quickly touch on... You know, we started uh, in Jersey. We went to the Hamptons. Now I'm going to take you to the fictional uh, town of Westview because we both just finished watching. It's the word on everybody's lips or really not so much because it ended last week, but WandaVision. Do you want to quickly go over what are your overall thoughts on WandaVision uh, and where are you approaching it in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I think I'd give it a solid B plus if we're doing a grading scale, okay. even maybe an A minus. I think I watching TV like this now is so strange because it's just all a lot at once on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm currently not on Twitter from my yeah. personal account because I've been suspended for using a wrapped in red song, which for <laughs> my trajectory makes full sense. Deserved. Deserved. <laughs> um, but in terms of conversation, WandaVision is that show that like kind of just encaptured everybody for eight weeks. Mm. And it was like crazy. Um, it was a lot. I didn't think I'd ever like get sick of seeing Catherine Hahn's face. But here we are in this we world. Are. 2021. <laughs> Catherine Hahn. You yep. know, I didn't expect that being a fan for years. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I thought I never got the complaints about it being too slow in terms of build. I really liked its world building and I liked its, it's a, it's uh, not involvement, but like its trajectory through sitcom tropes. I think it was, I think some people took it away being like, it's the smartest show ever. I don't think I'd agree with that. It's very easy to do, but I liked how it did it. Yeah. Um, but I loved Elizabeth Olsen. I think she was so, so good. And finally her character got this like really great, justice um i'm not sure sure in terms of like where it goes i am an mcu person in terms like i've watched everything but i'm not like standing in that sense yeah um yeah i have i i liked it a lot i just like the fervor was like just a lot for me not to take away from people's enjoyment but it was just like a lot it was a lot it was a lot jordan is currently wearing an iron man sweater (laughs) captain america hat he's from his black widow mug no he's not he's not wearing any of those things i wish (laughs) i uh, agree with you on a lot of those points i think i would give it like a seven out of ten ultimately i really liked the world building and i think if anything it started to lose me when you went outside of the world and into the marvel you know welcome to shield headquarters where everyone's like wearing wetsuits and on computers and the dialogue is just kind of like a lot of exposition about things that I don't really know about in regards to the MCU and it got a little bit cheesy for me towards the end that finale I didn't think was the uh, the best way of wrapping it up but I think that a lot of the themes that the show covered were, uh, were it was nice it was a nice time it was listen I've said this before on a previous podcast we've done but like you give me a witch, I'm in. We'll love that. You give me two, yeah. mama. Mama, I'm all the way in. Yeah, I'm you bubbled me, up. You give me Catherine Hahn as a witch, that's all I need. <sighs> yes. Like that reveal part of WandaVision for her character was so iconic and literally so good. And I love 
a smash cut to credits mid witch cackle. Goosebumps every time. The show pe- the show should have ended with that. Just- yeah, because I think I was talking to uh, Chris Hanna about this where it's like, I'm just fully dropping friends. Names. Shout out. Shout out Chris Hanna. Um, <laughs> it just kind of like, became so Marvel by the end that I was like, oh, so we're just circularly going back here, which I expected fully because you can't stay in the world. It was in Wanda's world of grief. And I understood that from a perspective of like a person who uses TV for like emotions. I totally really love that because I was like, yes, I saw I got it. Like that was nice. And yeah, yeah. that's it. And that was our Marvel corner. That's our Marvel. It will never happen again. I don't, but think, we'll see. I don't think it will until the next Spider-Man movie comes out. Which Yeah, you're not a Marvel person. I'm not. But as God I bless you, I took edibles and watched both <laughs> Tom Holland Spider-Man movies last week. or the week Which before. are so fun. I loved it. I had the time of my life. And trust, I will be in theaters in <laughs> 2021 watching the third <laughs> Did you love Marissa Tomei as Aunt May? I thought I would love her more, but I, I was just kind of like, who? What? Uh-huh. I miss old Aunt May from like the Tobey Maguire days. I want her praying at the bed. Yeah. Explosion kind of. Oh, I love. I didn't for a long time, but now I fucking love those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man 2 is the original. Mama. New, modern. Actually, no, I don't want to say that because X-Men 2. Yeah. This is hard. This is a lot of my childhood coming up. It's very childhood based. And it's, I was always like X2 versus Spider-Man 2, but I rewatched Spider-Man 2 like months ago. And I was like, this fucking slaps front to back. Yeah. I am so excited for the rumors of Kirsten Dunst appearing in the third Tom Holland. The new Tom Holland one. I even like the Andrew Garfield Emma Stone ones. I watched. I never did. Their chemistry is really good. Everything else is very bad. Didn't they date in real life? Yeah. Mm. I was like, I became like a twihard for them during that yeah. time. I was like, That's standing. It. I love them. They were both attractive. It was so cute. And then Andrew got the shaft and they were like, we're done with these Spider-Man. Yeah. We will be doing something else. Thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed them. That was an experiment. Moving on. Moving on. Literally moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you like? Rewatching the other night, I texted you. I rewatched one of my favorite sci fi films, I think, that I've ever seen. And that's pretty, it's pretty bold fighting words there. But it's a bold statement. Love the 2007, maybe 2006 sci fi odyssey that is Sunshine, directed by Danny Boyle. I love it. I loved it when I first saw it. I got it the DVD. I think I was in first year university. It was sitting on my, I didn't even have like a TV in my room, but I got the DVD. I, it's been a while since I have rewatched it, but it really, to me, holds up very well. I think that the general premise, I mean, you've seen it, but. I, okay. Well, spoiler alert. We watched it last night. <gasps> yeah. This- I did it for. I accidentally did it for this, but we were just scrolling and Sasha and I think I've said this before, we'll always look at like the cover art that nobody else looks at. Not mm-hmm. that I wouldn't look at sunshine, but he was like, what's that? I see and sunshine. I see sunshine. And I was like, oh my God, Josh just rewatched this. Ironically enough, I'm like, let's watch it. So 
Yeah, I hadn't seen it since 2007 when I was working at Cineplex Odeon Theaters at the time. And I was working the floor shift. And I can say this now because I'm years removed. I would just watch movies on my floor shift. (laughs) So I fully sat through Sunshine just like with the the (laughs) monitor in my ear. Clean up in whatever bathroom. I'm like, okay, one sec. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. What did you think? What did both of you think? We both enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but that third act is so clunky. It is a very controversial third act. The movie yeah. essentially changes genres entirely, almost becoming like a slasher. And all the way, like I do agree that the third act kind of like prevents it from being like the perfect film for me. It gets a little bit wacky. Yeah. It's very wacky. I love the general idea of it. I think it's very cool. And the cast is, I mean, Rose Byrne. It's an iconic cast. Cillian Murphy, Rose Byrne, Michelle Michelle Yeoh. um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. And then other people I'm forgetting. Some, Some other people that we love. It's a great cast. And it's one of those, like that kind of time. I know I'm forgetting other sci-fi films, but this was like in the midst of like, AVP had come out like three years before that and like there was the Predator reboots and all that kind of stuff so sci-fi was like in that weird having a moment having a moment before we got to Gravity and Interstellar again and I think Sunshine was kind of that first relaunch not relaunch but like there was also Moon remember the movie Moon um that was was it directed by Duncan Jones I want to say I don't I can't actually confirm or deny I don't know Duncan if you're listening please confirm let us know but it's that like very small yeah kind of sci-fi movie that's so big in its in its hopes and dreams in terms of like plot and i i admire sunshine more than i will dislike its third act if that makes sense yes no i totally get that yeah um but it holds up and i think rose is so good cillian's great how old was rose in that and why are we she looks she looks 12. She looks like literally she's in second year biochem and they were like, we have to send our best to save the world. Let's send this very young scientist. You know where I don't want to go? Space? Absolutely. I would go to space, I think. Okay, well, I'll I watched the movie this. and I was like, am I jealous? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just thought just the, the, the views and the, the gravity. No one can text me. No one can call me. No emails. I think like I know, like I'm sure. <laughs> I think it's beautiful to be that far away from people. <laughs> yeah. I want to have the excuse, like, sorry, I didn't text back. I was in space, <laughs> just flying past this. You know, sorry, I was working on the sun. What have you been doing? Yeah, I was heating the earth. Thank you. Yeah, um, that really is the the main thing that I've rewatched. As far as other movies go, it really takes a lot for me to sit down and like get in a movie mood. So it's yeah. always re-watching these days. Now, okay, so sorry, the crux of, not the crux, the plot, the structure of this podcast is usually within the week of things we watch, but I think we can briefly touch upon Barb and Star. Oh my God. Oh my God, guys. Oh my God, Barb. What a cinematic, jo- we've needed a, a movie to bring us all together, I think, in these last few yeah. weeks of- hell and barb and star go to vista del mar is just like the perfect film for me it 
for like us and a bunch of other people it's obviously that perfect kind of like ridiculous comedy (laughs) and I it's so dumb it's like you have to know it's dumb and if you're watching it and you're like this is dumb I don't like it then sure but like it's dumb in the Romeo and Michelle kind of sense where it's just like so aware of its world that it's built and these characters and how they operate but it's so beautiful of like I think it's a really pretty movie in terms of like his exploration of friendship it's so sweet and they go through these like like it's silly I know it's silly and I'm not looking deeper into it because it's such a (laughs) full-on comedy a thesis argument for (laughs) Barb and Star but it is they don't like Annie and Kristen don't write these like female friendship screenplays without you kind of looking more into it where bridesmaids is like everyone else is moving on in your life and you're not and like what that means to you and barb and star i don't think it's as deep as that but it's kind of like the older you get you're more stuck in your ways and you have this friend that's been with you for so long and you both are wearing your evening culottes and what (laughs) are you gonna do it is so quotable and I know you and I have just been saying Barbin Star for like weeks now. Trish at Christmas, forget it. Forget about it. <laughs> I cannot wait for it to become more widely available because yeah. spending $20 was fine because I literally, I think I watched it three times within the 48 hours that you have with the purchase, but I cannot wait just to like watch it over and over again. What a movie. I can't wait either. It's going to become... Like it's going to become what I look at bridesmaids now when I, when I see it and it's like, I love it. I've seen it 15 times. I never want to watch it again. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And I can't wait for that to happen to Barbara Star. (laughs) And I will say that it really made Jamie Dornan even more. I've always found him attractive ever since 2006 underrated classic Marie Antoinette. Oh my God. Yeah. It opened my eyes back then to his previous uh, scandalous modeling. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I won't even say scandalous. They're they're artsy. Yeah, they're the they're same also- pictures I take in my bedroom. Yeah, that's in my Scruff Unlocked album. Just recreating Jamie. It's uh, a la Tom Hardy MySpace pictures. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> um. Sorry. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you watching though? Have well, movies other- wise, yeah. yeah, I've I agree with you in terms of like I'm mostly rewatching stuff that makes me feel incredibly comforted, and yeah. or I'm watching stuff for the first time that's very older that I haven't seen, and I'm kind of like educating myself on that. Citizen Kane. Uh, yeah. So in terms of rewatching. Um, there was that I think it was the New Yorker article or New York Times where they listed like the writer listed like the 20 best performances of the last uh, however many years whatever it was and Jennifer Aniston in the breakup was on there and I'm a Staniston self-proclaimed since for for forever Um, and I love the breakup and I was like finally someone is recognizing this performance for what it is and I rewatched it and as a movie it has its issues but as a performance for her it is I don't think she's ever gotten the credit in terms of like her very easy way with comedy and I know everyone always for the general public will look back at Rachel Green as like the most obvious example of that but there's even moments of her as Rachel that will never get that appreciation of like Lisa of course was incredible and Courtney of course was incredible and Jen was playing the person that was the most likable in that sense 
but there's layers to the like the three of them carried that show in terms of comedy and just Jen just never I don't think she ever really gets her flowers in that sense I think because it was just almost so effortless for her that it's hard for the casuals to really recognize talent like that but at the same time like when I think of Lisa I don't think of Phoebe I think of Valerie Cherish I think of Romy and Michelle I think of so much more than I think of her performance as Phoebe because we're smart (laughs) yeah that's true um so I rewatched the breakup and it incredibly holds up Mm -hmm. in terms of like like it's hard because I remember like when it came out and everybody was like um it's not a romantic comedy it's neither romantic nor comedic yeah but I went into it knowing what I was gonna get and that's yeah. why it was like yes give me the destruction of a relationship <laughs> bring it on and she also like filmed it post her divorce yeah it was her turn to do the you know uh not the Mr. and Mrs. Smith of her career but Kind of, because her and Vince, like, dated, and I hope she reflects yeah. on that as a weird moment in her uh, yeah. romantic history. <laughs> a, little, a little strange. A little strange, but, like, she just, she is just so good in it. And there's that scene where she's, like, just, she's crying on the bed because, like, they were supposed to go to the concert together after the relationship. They played so much games, so many games in terms of, like, in the uh, dissolvement of their their relationship Mm -hmm. and she had her last ditch effort to go to a concert with him and there's a scene where she's on her bed crying and it's just like like I know every actress could do this but it's just like so real because it's coming from like such a real place it's funny because I have not actually watched that movie since probably it came out since it came out in 2006 and even when I saw it in theaters it was I think it might have been an opening weekend it had to have been because the only the- seats that were available were the ones in the front row. So I had to watch with my neck. Like, of course I would pay $30 to sit in the front row of a crowded movie theater right now. I think we both. Now do. I don't care where I sit. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll stand. I don't care. You're not, you're a middle person. Aren't you like a middle row person? Yeah. Yeah. I think I am. Yeah. I'm an aisle. Uh, you know, this. Yeah, it's not that I would not want to sit near the aisle. It's just that I think I feel comfortable. I feel like it's the most like cliche. I'm at the movie spot, like in the middle, you know, smack dab in the crowd. You're that AMC commercial of the person with the popcorn that goes flying oh, in yeah. your face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is making me like miss the theater so much even more. Isn't this like almost... I think we're a few weeks past it or a few days past it, but the one year anniversary of us seeing um, the invisible, the the invisible man, the last movie we both together or separate saw in theaters just over a year ago, I think. Yeah. Maybe the weekend before. I just remember Chris Hanna Lysoling our seats. I don't even remember. He did that. That's very kind. (laughs) Chris. Chris protected us that weekend. Um, so I rewatched that and then last night, very quickly, because I am a 30-year-old man, I did rewatch Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. Slaps front to back. I mean, we knew this already. There are some issues in there of like Jamie Lee playing a therapist and how mental health is treated a little bit. A little bit. But the performances of Lindsay and Jamie Lee, where are their Oscars? It's very good. And they are 
Excellent. So, like, I know this is well known with everybody in the world, but like, when you look at Lindsay in that, I'm not. I I, I can't stand stand Lindsay right now, but like, I, it's, I've fallen far off that train. Yeah. But there is such a star quality to her in those early movies, like Parent Trap, obviously Mean Girls, Freaky Friday, even Confessions of whatever the fuck that was called, but like. She just like was so good. And I'm looking at Freaky Friday and like, I think she was 14 or 15 at the time, maybe a bit older. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think a bit older, but like, I was like the way you're embodying, not Jamie Lee in a sense, but the mom role Mm -hmm. is so fucking good. Yeah. Honestly, they both do the work in that movie and it, it like transcends just being like your average, I guess, like Disney movie of the week when it first came out because it was two. Oh, yeah. Three. 2003 and like we have talked about this many times obviously we love jamie lee as a horror icon but like in terms of like her comedic ability it's so good it's so sharp yeah it could cut you (laughs) without a knife just using that sharp sharp comedic talent like the crypt keeper line is like a bit much but like everything else is like just so (laughs) nuanced of how she's playing this like teenage character and like Mm -hmm. So cliche, even how she plays like the mom character before they switch is so good. And like her on the talk show as the daughter, not realizing what the book is she's promoting is <laughs> anyway, uh, was standing Freaky Friday at 1 a.m. last night. I also love that you watched it as the time change jumped forward. You're on so- Freaky. It was my Freaky Friday because it literally ended at 1.55 or whatever. Because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to watch this. But also the music in it is so good. That I don't remember the soundtrack that much, but I'm sure it was iconic. I, there's the three songs. There's, oh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to screw up, but it's the, the final song, Ultimate, at the wedding is, oh my God, it's so good. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm just going to watch like an hour of this and then go yeah. to bed. Cut to the full thing. And then I'm going to bed and I'm plugging in my phone and I just plug it in and I see the time change and I'm like, well, here I am. It's now 3 a.m. and I'm standing by myself. <laughs> I've done this to myself and I deserve it. Um, okay. TV. That's not Housewives or Summer House or WandaVision. Are you watching anything else? Am I watching anything I else? Was- that is a good question. I don't think I actually am. It's been a week of just jumping between Thanks. Jersey, current Jersey, what else am I watching? Uh, I know you're watching Big Brother Canada. I am, yes. Big Brother Canada just started. Thank you for that prompt. Of course. I need to start writing these things down. <laughs> start recording. Um, no, I'm watching Big Brother Canada, which is such a joy to have that back on air because I think if there's one thing that Big Brother Canada does better than Big Brother America currently, it's everything. That being said, the season is still very young and I am not the happiest with how the last two evictions have gone. I think that the cast that they have is a great one, potentially. There's a lot of good characters and people that I'm interested in. Um, but I am I approach every season of Big Brother, no matter what country it's in, with the same terror that I approach the next one because I just, we both have seen how quickly yeah the quality of these seasons can just erode away. And 
I will, from now until the day I die, like treat straight men on Big Brother oh. as just sheer villains that who need yeah. to be completely voted out one after the other. I think you and I, and many people probably like look at the show and we always go back. Like I'm not currently watching the season. I did watch the premiere, but like Big Brother is that thing. If you miss one episode, you end up missing four and then you're lost. So I'm currently lost and I don't know. I don't think I can find my way back in, which is fine. I'm also still reeling from All Stars in the summer, which was such a terror that like we were burned. burned. We still have the burns. We have Tina Burner. We Um, it's just like you base it on the great seasons you have watched and those casts, and you're like, okay, the you know, as you just said, it can go two ways within the first few weeks. If you're gonna get a good season or you're gonna get trash, and it's such a it's such a like a dice, yeah, like a roll of the dice, a dice. It's also like, I do think that a lot of modern Big Brother just needs to be tinkered with because I think the show in whatever format has become very dumbed down to a casual audience where all of a sudden every alliance needs a funny name and a cool little like handshake in the diary room. And like, it's all just come down to stupid alliances and showmances and it's lost a lot of the personal like in the beginning all these reality shows were I mean quote-unquote social experiments it was all about how are these people going to interact together once they're under the same roof or on the same beach and whatnot and now it's like that I'm, I'm very curious how we can kind of adapt to that format in today's current world while still holding on to the strategic gameplay. And I don't think that any modern Big Brother season in the last five years has really done a good job with that. I completely agree. And I think this is a perfect segue into my next show that I've finally finished this week. You know, I've been, so I totally abandoned Survivor, but what I did pick up in turn is America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Because I needed some sort of chaos in my life that was like, because I... I ended up rewatching before the season I'm going to talk about. Like, I think I, as always, I came to you and you said, do this, 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 and that. I think I did three, four, five, seven, eight, and nine or something like that. And early seasons of any reality show that are from the early 2000s can be hard because they haven't figured out the like production element of it, but they figured out the casting. So what you just said about Big Brother is the issue with that show and the issue with many shows is that I'm watching ANTM and the shit that happens is so crazy. And I watched it live, so I'm remembering a lot of it. Not the not season two so much. But like um, Shandy cheating on her boyfriend fully in front of the camera and wow. no one, no one stopping her at all is so insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's happened in other shows for sure, but there is a rawness to the early ANTM seasons that will never happen on TV ever again. It can never be replicated. It can never live in today's world. It can't live in today's world. It would never exist. It would be teared down online kind of like mm-hmm. the way Shandy was set up by production, I feel was so inappropriate because like there's this, who's the person who won that season? Uh, Yolanda. Yolanda like looks at her notepad and goes, I'm just going to call these male models that we did a shoot with earlier today. And I'm like, well, how did you get their number? And I'm sure 
as if she and I'm sh- as if she had the number or she may have asked or production was like you know what would be fun guys why don't you call those guys over and this is happening all at the same time where um yeah, maybe Yolanda actually am I crazy? yes Yolanda oh my god Yolanda shout out to <laughs> Yolanda from Beverly Hills this is the dream team. Before I was sitting here, I was like, wait a second, Lyme disease? No. Well, Joanna won. Yeah. She calls the male models. She's dealing with her own storyline that's also forced by production where she's has weight issues, but like of course. there I the way it's handled is so crazy to me. It's never never handled in a good way. Never on that show, never. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not part of the audience that's like, oh my God, ANTM needs to apologize for these things. Yeah. It was what it was. That's There's good. a lot of the hard photo shoots that I don't know how they were passed. 2002, 2003, 2004 were hard years for reality TV. Hard but, but iconic. Hard but iconic in terms of like the the way the cast was, the people were cast and the way that nobody came on with social media or predisposed, not predisposed, but like ideas of like how they can make their career from this was they were literally thinking they were all going to be models. Yeah. That's like what's amazing. To win. Like they wanted to win. And that's why it works so well. And that's why reality now is in that weird state of like, well, everybody has social, everybody has an agenda. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to sell a t-shirt. Like I got that. You could go or, home first on drag race and still achieve so much. Yes. Where that there's a, There's a housewife saying something that you think is accidental. And the next day the episode airs and it's on a cup. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. And I'm looking at these people and I'm like, what did you get yourself into? Like, where are they now? And then I spend my nights just doom scrolling their social accounts and saying like, who's modeling? Who's not? You know this. I've sent you a hundred of them, but like, anyway. I am so curious. Uh, if you ever revisit season one, because I think I'm, I'm so specifically curious how you would um, like what your reaction to Elise would be in season one, because she has an iconic ANTM moment where she just goes into like the impromptu, like diary room confessional spot. And she just like roasts all the girls in the cast it's very, uh, well, oh, this is a good, like I am actually currently rewatching Girls from H. Oh yeah. What she does in that scene where she goes and she, oh. everyone is very Shoshana at the, the beach house drunk, just kind of digging into all the other girls. It's a great moment. And I think I'm very curious to know your thoughts on it. Once I'm, I might get there because I'm like, you know, early seasons are too hard. I'm already at two. I might as well go backwards. And yeah. Do one. I don't think one yeah. is that horrible either. Like it's not. Like- no, for me, it's like, and you know, this too, like it's photo shoot based, right? Cause like, that's what's exciting. And then like seeing the pictures and like seeing someone genuinely turn out a great photo, like uh, the, I forgot the photo shoot. Uh, the motorcycle one for uh, Joanna. Joanna's motorcycle one is so iconic, yeah. and all the and like Shandy just became a model by the end, and I was like, holy shit! Like this is great. Anyway, your segue to girls though is great for something I'm gonna go to after. But how is your rewatch going of girls? So far, I just finished season two, so I'm looking forward to talking about it on a later episode of this podcast. But so far, I will say, okay. season one has was great. Season two. Uh, 
I don't love as much. And I think I remember even when I watched it live yeah. that I was like, something isn't really Something's true. off. There was like oh, that whole episode where Hannah goes to Patrick Wilson's house. And <gasps> yeah. I felt trapped. I yeah. love Patrick Wilson and specifically Patrick Wilson's ass. Yeah. Which I don't even think he showed. I was mad. Yeah. But there's not a lot for me in season two of Girls that I love. But I will say that one of my favorite moments of the series that always makes me like, oh, is the pairing of Ray and Shoshana together. And there's the scene where I think they just left like Hannah's dinner party or something and they're sitting in the subway and it's when they kind of like reveal that they love each other and the way that they just kind of begrudgingly be like, I love you so fucking much, I think is so sweet. And both of them are just so great at the characters that they play. I love that moment forever. I love girls. I acknowledge all the issues with girls, but I think it got, it was one of the earlier shows that got into the Twitter dumpster of just being like destroyed. And Leila Durham. Leila Durham, you know, she's, she's (laughs) up and coming. Um, I think it's also crazy now to see in real time people then return to a show that's not even that old and be like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Did we judge it incorrectly? Kind of. Um, last night there was the episode where Marnie sings at uh, oh my God. Like, work event and I fully had to watch it on mute. <laughs> I, I could not. I, like, oh. And I think that's a testament, like, to the show for making me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Great job with things like that. And as a Marnie truther, not the I, lo- I love Marnie. Yeah. Marnie and Shoshana, I think, are the the jewels. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's a very complicated foursome that I don't, I think that's my issue with the show is that the friends don't necessarily work, but mm-hmm. the reality of that is very true. And like that scene that went viral on Twitter a few weeks ago was the scene that you mentioned earlier yeah. of Shoshana roasting everybody. And I was kind of like, oh my God, I forgot about this. This is yeah. great. Um, Speaking of shows on HBO about four white women, <laughs> I'm rewatching Sex in the City again. You are. What season are you on currently? Um, I'm only on two because I always skip one. Yeah. And it's now my second rewatch of the pandemic of the same show. <laughs> oh my God. This is, I mean, happy one year anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. You didn't get me anything, which is weird, no. but... <laughs> It's fine. Um, Yeah, I know. Listen, I know there are other shows and I know it's a problematic show and I know it's a show that's aged incredibly poorly. But when it's good and it's right and it hits. When it's right, it's it's right. When it's right, it's right. It's like it's like a cracking open a Coke Zero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not good for you, but you will drink it but I will have seven episodes yeah. in a row and just be shaking by the end and be like, well, what, a, what a rush. Yeah. Um, has there, like, have you made any, not 180s with your opinion on certain characters or episodes, but like what has changed for you in this second rewatch, if anything? Uh, nothing has changed yet. Sashin is kind of joining me on it, but he fully turned to me and said, how long will this take? And I said, if we're going by your rules, eight months. If yeah. we're going by my rules, four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll probably take somewhere in the middle of that because we haven't watched since the one night that we just watched like four episodes. But 
nothing has changed for me necessarily, but I've seen it like maybe 10 times front to back. I yeah. sound like Ru- RuPaul about Golden Girls. I have seen every episode and I'm not kidding you. I think 25 times God. each. I was like, what is Ru doing? He's just on that fracking farm watching Golden Girls. Nothing has changed. I I will forever argue that Kim Cattrall and Samantha are the heart of this show. Mm-hmm. And she will never get enough credit for what she brought to the show in terms of like, like performance and the actual sex yeah. and like the chemist her chemistry with sjp i don't think i not to speak for you but i don't think you've really watched it at all no. yeah their chemistry is so incredible and for two people who probably hated each other by the end of the show it's remarkable because it's so real and so yeah. genuine and i will never change on that i understand not returning to the series for in a sense kind of but i also think like i would like to see that i also think it should stop being rebooted i'm tired yeah we don't don't need it and i don't need a covid version i don't need a version with three cast members i don't need any i have enough of the show are any reboots really needed ultimately if you're not the comeback the only show the only really yeah. That should be ever rebooted ever every five to six to ten years is the comeback. Exactly. No, yeah. I even as someone who hasn't really watched the original series, I agree. I don't need a reboot, especially if not all cast members are returning. I don't see the point. No, and I think I'll 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 agree with you on this. Like this is something we'll delve in, delve into later when we both have watched enough of Girls and Sex yeah. in the City and we can kind of do a fun yeah. back and forth of that. Not that we are watching either. <laughs> <laughs> both of us are watching them. Sorry. Um I think that's it. I think that's it. We are watching a lot while also trying to just maintain our everyday lives. And I think we're doing a great job at that. I mean I'm personally crumbling, but I absolutely agree with you. I think like that's what sex in the city is for me mm-hmm. it is just like i put it on and i'm not here i'm not here you become wanda i'm one of the girls yes i'm the fifth i'm the fifth lady at this table i'll always think of that 30 rock quote of how sex in the city are we right now i'm carrie you're Sir- samantha and you're the lady at home who watches it that's me <laughs> yeah. you are literally that lady I'm a I'm a few more weeks in the pandemic away of putting on a like a, a gown and getting a Cosmo ready <laughs> and just lighting up a smoke and saying let's go. I'm surprised go. you haven't done that yet. Me too, because I know those you, boots are in your closet just waiting. The boots, the boots are walking and they're ready. The boots are made for watching Sex in the City. Um, yeah, I think that's it. But I think I just want to say before we cap off, like I've missed you. I know I miss you too. It's good to be doing this again. Yeah. We're, you know, we're shooting the shit. We're talking about the things that we love and the things that we normally just text each other about during the week. This is just a natural photograph of friendship. <laughs> photograph, sonically. Um, like Josh said at the beginning of the podcast, um, if you have any recos and you can say, wow, I think Josh would love this. I think Jordan would hate this. Yeah. Let me know. I'm down to hate watch anything. Definitely. We want to hear what you, we want to hear. Yeah. What are you watching? So let us know. And as always, and as always, and starting anew, thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you so much, Jordan. I hope you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you again very soon. 
You too, boo. And that's been episode one of Loves It. I was going to say it together, but I didn't. Bye. Bye.